Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. Conversant brings a different kind of ethics and compliance solution to your organization. These days, business success demands something different, a corporate culture centered on integrity and ethical behavior. Conversant provides your teams with a centralized platform and automated processes that connect your business goals with your ethics and values. The result, a highly strategic program that drives ethics and values to the center of your business. Through the use of the Conversant Ethics Cloud platform, it gives you the choice of what you need according to your compliance program maturity. As your compliance program progresses on its ethical journey, Conversant can meet the needs of your requirements with unified ease of use and all of your ethics compliance data in one place, increasing transparency and efficiency while reducing cost. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 2. Measuring Your Risk Operationalizing your compliance program can take many shapes and forms. Using the entire risk management process to embed your compliance program within the contours of your organization is an important key step as it allows you to have full visibility of your compliance risks through a longer life cycle. Forecasting allows you to consider your business strategy and wed the risks you can foresee to a risk management approach. Risk assessments allow you to evaluate and measure known risks. Risk-based monitoring allows you to monitor both the compliance risks you and you know of and detect those you do not know of on an ongoing basis. I think there are several key lessons to be considered by any chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner around the entire concept of measuring your risk. The first is the process around risk management. Most compliance practitioners understand the need for a risk assessment as it is articulated as Hallmark 4 of the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. From the 2012 FCPA guidance, the DOJ and SEC said, assessment of risk is fundamental to developing a strong compliance program and is another factor the DOJ and SEC evaluate when assessing a company's compliance program. 
In addition to the business case, the 2012 FCPA guidance also specified the enforcement reasons for performing a risk assessment. DOJ and SEC will give meaningful credit to a company that implements in good faith a comprehensive risk-based compliance program, even if that program does not prevent an infraction in a real low-risk area because greater attention and resources have been devoted to a higher-risk area. The DOJ Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and New FCPA Enforcement Policy both build upon this. Yet as compliance evolves and corporate compliance programs become more sophisticated, compliance is not simply seen as a legal prophylactic, but as a business process. Seen in this light, it is clear the risk management process should begin with forecasting as it attempts to estimate future aspects of compliance risk for your business. A compliance professional should be able to say with some degree of authority, we think the following will happen in three months, six months, 12 months, and 24 months. This can be used as a way to move resources around where a compliance team thinks it's appropriate in order to meet these future needs. By starting with forecasting, a compliance function utilizes risk assessment to consider issues which forecasting did not predict for or issues which the forecasting model raised as a potential outcome yet warranted a deeper dive. If you are moving into a new product or sales area or required to use sales third-party sales agents, a risk assessment would provide information that a company could use to ameliorate those risks or at least mitigate them. Risk-based monitoring also follows from the issues that your risk assessment identified as your highest risks. Risk-based monitoring tends to look at things on an ongoing basis, and the models that are behind risk-based modeling, they're continuously refined based upon incoming data. All of these tools tie back into the risk management process and process improvement. There's always a balance between what is actually important for a business, for proper execution, versus what's going on in the entire process. If you're not measuring at a high enough resolution, you're not capturing a lot of the environmental, market forces, or internal factors that are probably of high leverage to your business that you just don't know about. Take the following example. Say there's a 30% chance of a compliance failure happening. If you knew this in advance, a board of directors or executive leadership team probably anywhere in the world would say, well, we have to act. We have to act now. That's where the rubber meets the road, and you've got to forecast and have a contingency in place. A lot of times, there isn't that level of forecasting done in advance to say, we think there's a 30% chance of a compliance failure occurring. Therefore, we do not need a strong contingency plan, but we should expect to have to use it in Q2. It's right there sitting on everyone's dashboard all the time. In other words, As J. Martin, Martin, the chief compliance officer at Baker Hughes, a GE company, continually reminds us, it all comes down to execution. This means you have to use the risk management tools available to you, and when a situation arises, you must remediate when required. This is not only where the rubber meets the road, but the information and data you garner in the execution phase should be fed back into a process loop. From this, you will develop continuous feedback and continuous improvement. 
I've gone through this in some detail to emphasize the business process nature that compliance has evolved into as a corporate discipline. By using these techniques, the CCO or compliance practitioner makes the business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. The more you can bring these types of insights to a chief executive, the more you can demonstrate how compliance adds to the bottom line and is not simply a cost center. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, the risk management process is really an important backbone of operationalizing compliance. We're going to talk about written standards, codes of conduct, policies and procedures, and internal controls in later podcasts. But the risk management process of forecasting, risk assessment, and risk-based monitoring is a backbone which allows continuous information to be fed back into your compliance program. Two, you should be able to monitor and measure both known and unknown risks. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but that is a part of the entire process so that you are uh, look using risk-based modeling and continuously refining based upon the data on the incoming data. And finally, number three, all of these steps help a business to run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. When you can use this type of information to bring to the executive leadership team, to bring to a chief executive, you demonstrate how compliance adds to the bottom line. It's not simply a cost center. As you're required to further operationalize compliance, it's also going to demonstrate how compliance is actually a business positive by increasing profitability to the company because you're making it more well-run. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me of day two of 31 days to a more effective compliance program, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow, and indeed for the entire 31 days in January, while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.